0: Welcome to Moms Going Boldly, a Star Trek Discovery podcast by two moms who write about autism and who also happen to be Star Trek fans. We talk about the new series, compare it with previous versions of Star Trek, and also talk about any autism examples we see along the way. I am your host, Elizabeth. I am Vicki. Together, we are Moms Going Boldly. In our continuing exploration of the Mirror Universe in Star Trek. Today we are talking about the four Star Trek Discovery episodes that took place in the Mirror Universe. Welcome again to Moms Going Boldly, where we are on our continuing voyages in the Mirror Universe episodes throughout all the Star Trek series. And today we are talking about the four episodes of Star Trek Discovery that took place in the Mirror Universe because these come next chronologically. And as our regular listeners know, uh, Vicki and I had decided we were going to cover all the Mirror episodes in a chronological order, starting with the Tholian Web, which is when, as we learned in Enterprise in a mirror darkly. The Tholians in the mirror universe created an interphase and broadcast a distress call that was heard in our universe, answered by the Defiant, which was then caught in the interface and pulled through into the mirror universe. Thereafter, the Defiant was used by the Enterprise crew in the mirror universe, which was part of the Terran Empire. Defiant was used to stage a coup and Emperor Hoshi Sato began her reign using the advanced power of the Defiant. So the next piece of the Mirror Universe story comes in Discovery, because Discovery takes place about 100 years after the episodes in Enterprise. And those four episodes that took place in the Mirror Universe in the Discovery series were the episodes Despite Yourself, The Wolf Inside, Vaulting Ambition, and what is past is prologue. And when I went back and reviewed the episodes and reviewed the storylines and looked at them from that continuity perspective of the Mirror Universe storyline, one thing that I felt quite strongly is I really miss Discovery.
1: Yeah. This whole, I do. Yes, yeah, I do too.
0: The length of time we're talking about, you know, we're talking fall 2019, right? Right. That's 18 months. That's a long time. <laughs> time what were your thoughts as you were reviewing these four episodes
1: pretty much the same i um almost like watching it for the first time again yeah i was just as interested as i was the first time around and the second time around yes yeah and it was it was very interesting
0: it's so well done and in, in a way these four episodes were a stark contrast to the enterprise episodes those two, that two-part episode that we were talking about where the acting seemed a little clunky and the motivations of the characters were murkier. Here, the motivations were complex and interesting and the acting was fantastic.
1: I thought so too. And it didn't have the um, Mirror Universe cheese factor (laughs) that most of the other episodes have, even, you know, um, original series in Deep Space Nine.
0: Yeah, it seemed like a much more real place. Yes. Yeah. And no midriffs.
1: Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: These t- four episodes essentially are the the arc where, you know, we're in the Mirror Universe. They are the episode, Despite Yourself, is where the crew of Discovery realizes they've arrived in the Mirror Universe. They learn about the Terran Empire. They learn about their counterparts. They assume those roles. And this is where Burnham takes command of the Shenzhou. Then the episode, The Wolf Inside, is ostensibly about the Tyler vok thing, but as you may recall, it was probably one of the most beautifully shot episodes of the entire series. Yeah, Just gorgeous scenes, beautiful lighting, beautiful coloring, beautiful framing. It was just really lovely. And this is the episode where we discover that as we had suspected all along that Tyler was actually Vok, But it's also the episode where they succeed in their mission to get information about the Defiant and send it to Discovery so they can try to figure out how to get home. Then Vaulting Ambition is also a they're all very important sort of key episodes because they each brought key pieces of information to the story and the first episode's key information was we're arriving in the mirror universe and here's Here's where we are, who we are in this universe, and then the second story was confirming the Tyler Vock question. Third yeah. uh, episode confirmed the Lorca question, where we we learn about Lorca and we learn about the Emperor with a little side of Burnham in that story, and then what is past as prologue was a an excellent action episode where Lorca is trying to take over the Emperor's ship, take over the Empire. Burnham's trying to save the Discovery, and at the same time she saves the Emperor, and they successfully escape the Mirror Universe. So when we're looking at this from the standpoint of the chronology and the way the story has evolved from the Tholian web through In a Mirror Darkly, and then these four Discovery episodes, what stands out most for you?
1: Well, I I thought they stayed pretty true to what we had already seen and known in other episodes of the Mirror Universe, I thought they stayed pretty on course. I did think that the evil in the Mirror Universe was not as evil as we had seen it before. It was black and white evil. They were evil. These people seemed like, especially uh, the Emperor, seemed to have a little bit of compassion. Yeah, she yeah. wasn't just out and out evil. I mean, she was, but there was there was a human side. We saw in other Mirror Universe episodes?
0: Yeah, it actually it felt actually more akin to Mirror Mirror than any of the other mirror episodes, I think, that we've seen, including the Deep Space Nine ones, which we haven't discussed yet. Right. It it you know, in the Mirror Mirror episode, it was Spock who was the thoughtful, multi-dimensional character who really Brought brought home the theme of that episode of how fascist, xenophobic, dicta- dictatorial governments are doomed to failure. Yes, and we got that feeling again here with the interactions that we saw with the emperor and with Lorca. Yep. The emperor and, and Lorca, in some ways, were engaged in a debate about. I'm going to see if I like this argument when I get to the end of it. about the virtues and the pros and cons of this kind of governance. Because the emperor approached it while she, her spoken word about this governance was very black and white, good and evil. Her actions were much more nuanced. And Lorca was almost the opposite of that. His words were nuanced, but his actions were very black and white. Right, And it was almost like these two were the counterpoints of the debate on this kind of governance it was really it's just it was really well done and i really enjoyed that yeah
1: i agree
0: this is gonna be a really short podcast (laughs) i know
1: (laughs) i know because we've already discussed these episodes in you know detail
0: yeah and so it feels like there's not much more to say about these in terms of this timeline other than i think they did a really good job with it and i and yeah and i really missed this
1: discovery they they did an excellent job um it it was striking before the way at the end when lurka almost becomes in the way he behaves towards the end
0: almost becomes what
1: he he almost acts like archer acted he, he got a little pathetic towards the end
0: yeah it was that was what i called the, his uh, harry potter moment who was he again yeah. why am i blanking on that oh my <laughs> malfoy is lucius malfoy moment when he started to get a little, you know, it was all about destiny, I'm destined. Right. And yeah. I
1: was still on whether this was all about Michael for him, or if it was part of it was about his love for Michael, and part of it was, or was this all about Michael?
0: And we talked about this when we discussed that that episode, What Is Past as Prologue. My sense was always that underneath this person who was so certain of destiny, was an intense insecurity, which is probably why he reminded you of Archer from In yeah. Darkly, because Archer was just, you know, reeking insecurity. Right. And his insecurity was only going to be overcome if he had Michael Burnham at his side. He needed her to be able to do this. He, I got the impression that he didn't think he could do it without her. I mean, he kept saying, yeah, you
1: know... That, but I also couldn't decide and I still even after, and I know we did talk about this in the last in the podcast on this episode but I still even after rewatching it couldn't decide couldn't do it without her because he loves her that much or if he couldn't do it without her because he just doesn't have the confidence to do it without
0: her well I guess that may be where you and I disagree because I don't think he ever loved her I think his no. grooming and his predatory behavior towards her was about power and control I don't think it was ever about love she may have loved him or convinced herself that she loved him but I don't think he loved her it was all about needing her and using her to achieve his goals
1: yeah and like I said I I, I'm not I'm not on either side of the fence I'm still on the fence yeah yeah I I think you're right and I think and sometimes, you know, after I rewatched it, I still really didn't... I couldn't decide if it was both or the other.
0: Yeah. One other very interesting thing that's related to these series of episodes is that, of course, in The Wolf Inside, we learned that Tyler did indeed have Vok in him, or Vok was in Tyler, or Tyler was in Vok. Still not entirely clear. But mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. The Facebook Star Trek Discovery Group... Is mm-hmm. actually hosting an online trial of Tyler and whether he should be held accountable for his behavior as Vogue oh, really? or vice versa. Yes, and it's actually, I've seen a couple of pieces of it. I haven't had time to really follow it thoroughly, but it looks like the research that's being used, they're using episodes, similar episodes from other series of star trek so for example like the episode where uh picard establishes data's rights as a sentient human being the episode where uh dax is accused of a crime and they have to decide whether jadzia dax is the same person as curzon dax who was the one who was actually accused of the crime so they've they've got a couple of they've pulled a couple of these episodes talking about sort of sentient rights and ownership of body questions. And it's really well researched. And it looks like it's a really interesting debate.
1: I'll have to check it out.
0: Yeah. And of course, that stems from this circumstance where we have Tyler Vock, who committed a murder, who committed the murder, who's responsible, who gets the body, who's there. And this question, when I was reading this question and seeing how they were arguing it, it so goes to your argument about the albino. It really I'm does, <laughs> and I don't think you should because
1: no, I'm not letting it go.
0: I, I I don't. I agree. I think you should hang on to this one because if Henry, rea- I mean, think about it. If he is not deemed to be either human or Klingon. Again, I would go to the argument that you made about this sort of underlying hatred and resentment towards yeah. Klingons and potentially humans by this person mm-hmm. who was really misused by both.
1: Right. And I don't know if you read my post about the second half of Discovery, but I did say if, if is in Tyler or Valk in Discovery in the series at some point. I'm going to continue to believe that he's the albino.
0: Yeah, I did read that post. It was an excellent <laughs> post. I enjoyed it very much. <laughs> and I believe you posted this on our Mom's Going Boldly Facebook page. You posted that post?
1: I think I did. So
0: if our readers want to take a look at that, we invite you to go to the Facebook page at Mom's Going Boldly's Facebook page, and you can read Vicky's really excellent synopsis and analysis of the second hand of Star Trek Discovery.
1: My analysis. Yep. Don't take it as fact. <laughs>
0: anyway so that's it for for discovery unless there's anything else you want to talk about with regard to the mirror universe
1: can't think of anything we discussed the agonizer booth the last time around yep and the only thing that i saw different was that this one seems to be continuous enterprise seemed to be a manual yeah although we just might not have seen that setting an enterprise exactly um, but other than that, I thought it stayed with the uh, mirror universe story. I,
0: I thought and so too.
1: Saying that, I was glad that it wasn't as cheesy as the other mirror universe stories are supposed to be. I'm not saying because they're cheesy; I know they're supposed to be that way.
0: You know, that's part of their charm. Um,
1: but I was glad. Because, but I don't. I didn't think that would fit in discovery.
0: And I agree. And I think they took the right tack for that. Yeah. So our next podcast is going to then discuss start we're gonna start discussing oh no I'm sorry the next one is Mirror Mirror because that is chronologically I was thinking we were heading off to D Space Nine but no we're not we're heading off to the next in the chronological order which is the original series episode Mirror Mirror which of course is really interesting to watch it in this order. Yes. And I don't actually remember I think the Tholian Web yeah the Tholian web was third season and I think Mirror Mirror was second season.
1: Yeah, I guess they didn't think ahead about the web. And I really. don't think
0: they intended to connect these, I, but it connected really well. It was very cleverly done on the writers for In a Mirror Darkly to kind of pull those yeah. two together. So we will discuss uh, the original series episode Mirror Mirror on the next podcast. This was also one of my favorites.
1: Yes, it is.
0: Yeah, so that should be a lot of fun.
1: <laughs> and I just want to say in defense of, from our last Podcast. In defense of what? Very coincidentally, Scott Bakula's acting. <laughs> last podcast, it, um, Very coincidentally, I was listening to a podcast and I can't even remember, but they did happen to mention that Scott Bakula was asked about the way he performed those two episodes. And he said they were told to just go at it and be as cheesy, might not be the word he used, as possible. So it was a choice. So,
0: so it was an Emmy. Award worthy
1: <laughs>
0: performance. <laughs> <a joke. laughs> All right. Well, that's good to know. That's really good to know because I do like Scott Bakula. And so right. I'm, I'm glad that he was told to go ahead and just eat that scenery <laughs> like it was salad greens. <laughs> so we invite our listeners to definitely go see our Moms Going Boldly Facebook page and our Moms Going Boldly Twitter. And We look forward to your comments and suggestions for future podcasts after we finish our Mirror Universe series, and we thank you for joining us. Join us next time we talk about Mirror Mirror. If you'd like to reach us, I can be reached on my blog, autismmom.com.
1: I could be found at taking it a step at a time at takingstep.com.
0: Links to both of our blogs are in the sidebar of the Moms Going Boldly Podbean podcast website. And we hope you'll join us again for the next episode of Moms Going Boldly. The music on Moms Going Boldly is called Without Limits by Ross Bugden Music, licensed under a Creative Commons attribution license, creativecommons.org. Ross Bugden Music can be found on Twitter, at Ross Bugden.